that one really right there is. That's the one that does something. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel like a DJ. <laughs> we got two microphones, but no turntables. I know it. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch. This is your host, Guitar Ted, with New York Roll. We're back again. Today we got something a little different lined up for people. I don't even know what we're doing. You gave me the suggestion. Oh, you listened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well we've got a lot of surprises today, even amongst the hosts. <laughs> so um, today we're sponsored once again by um, Bike Rags, of course. BikeRagsApparel.com is where you can find them. They're still running their um, the end of the season sale. Um you can get 10% off any apparel order or 5% off any promotional order. It's a pretty good deal. Huh. So now between now till December 23rd. So hurry because there's not much time left. I noticed bike rags on their um Instagram are doing a lot of modeling, so it looks to be all bodies all shapes. So yeah. um just saying if you want to model for them not sure it'll go anywhere, but maybe send some glamour headshots to Tony. Yeah. I would like to see 1970s, 80s lighting in the background. <laughs> you know, that little... Boom, chicka, wow, wow. No, sir. No. I was, I was thinking, you know, the high school senior year, <clears throat> purple faded light with the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah those. Yeah. That. Okay. Get your mind out of the gravel, Nin- sir. 1972 <laughs> Chevy Nova in the background. <laughs> Anyway, we're going. Sorry, Tony, we went off the rails here. (laughs) Off the rails, we're in the ditch. (laughs) Anyway, thanks to Bike Rags for sponsoring this podcast and check out that sale. It's a pretty good deal. Bike Rags makes all sorts of promotional materials and apparel items that can make you look better, make your team look better, make your event look better. Because Bike Rags is just better. Yes, they are. And by the way, I'm still battling this head cold, so my voice may sound a little funny. But that's, you know, whatever. Got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, so here I, we are. I see your I see your Bible over there. My Bible? Well, there's more than three pages. Well, yeah, this is, uh, this is what we're going to talk about today. Woo-hoo. New York Roll gave me an idea that we should talk about uh, what you should do out there to help yourself ride more comfortably and longer outside in the cold weather. I think we need to put the caveat up there is this is not an all extensive and all exhaustive list. No. I don't think you cover using uh, bread baggies for booty inserts. Yeah, we do. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you stole my childhood hack. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was everyone's childhood hack. Wait till we get to that point. You're giving away all the good stuff. So (laughs) New York Roll has actually has uh, experience in cold weather environments, don't you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, in Alaska, professionally, lived, professionally, yeah. yeah. In Alaska, the army, yeah. Why don't, you tell, why don't you tell people about that? Oh, the army decided it was good for me to go live on a glacier for two weeks up in Black Rapids, Alaska, and uh, cross country skied, snowshoed, slept outside in a tent, slept outside in a self made hooch. We made a parachute hooch, mm-hmm. uh, stayed warm overnight, uh, with a candle. Yeah, the candle, one candle actually in a small enclosure if you have it vented right so you don't die from, you know, carbon monoxide <laughs> yeah. poisoning. 
That's kind of critical. You want, yeah. you want to see the sunlight the next day. You know, it's kind of a big deal. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got some experience with it. Uh, one of the materials that I don't think we use in cycling enough, I haven't seen used, is deer skin. Yeah? Yeah, it doesn't ice over, and it dries quickly. Oh, interesting. It's a good leather to use. Um, hey, any bike people out there, maybe you want to look into that in the bike industry, deer skin. Tony from Bike Rags can make deer skin jerseys. Oh, dude, he's going to make the best deer skin suits <laughs> with little tassels hanging off. That's <laughs> yeah, cultural appropriation. You can't be doing that now. <laughs> anyway. Depends on the cut. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it modern. Make it look like something from Star Trek. I was thinking of Owen Wilson from that one movie, The Tenenbaums. We, uh, we're going off the rails again. I don't watch movies. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't even know who Owen Wilson is. Oh, he's got a crooked nose. Okay. That's how you tell him from his twin brother. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're twins, but I know they're brothers. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, riding in cold. So cold, you know, you just described what, what it was like for you and the Army in Alaska. That's one kind of cold, but there's many different kinds of cold. So... You kind of have to tailor this to whatever it is that you think is cold. So if I lived in the desert, cold might be 40 degrees, you know. In Iraq, the overnight cold was 70. Yeah, right? (laughs) Now, if you live in the Midwest, you might be dealing with stuff that's below zero. And all Granny Gear that does uh, contributions for us lives in Southern California. If it gets much below 50 degrees, he's freezing to death. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and I was at Sea Otter one year, and they were telling us that, the, oh, yeah, the daytime temperature today is going to be kind of cold. It'll be in the mid-50s. And I thought it was like, <laughs> I'm from the Midwest, 50 degrees is T-shirt weather, right? Yeah. Well, I found out that when the breeze blows off the ocean, <laughs> it's very difficult to stay warm. So, Oh, yeah. It's a lot of different stories. A lot of different story. I got a, a nice Fisher hoodie out of that deal, though. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> living in all sorts of places, I would argue cold is relative to the temperature swing, combined with the humidity in the air. Right. Because there is cold I've experienced where the humidity is high, and I don't care what you got if it cuts in through you, your core is just going to stay cold. Right. Right, so high humidity. In fact, uh, the whole thread, a common thread through this whole thing is moisture. If you think about you, it. You don't want to keep it moist in this case. No. You want to keep it dry. That's right. Anything that you can. And if you do, which you will if you sweat, then you have yep. to manage that moisture. And I preach a certain material other than deer skin. Okay. What is it? Merino wool. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I, yeah. I would say too. I preach it. Yep. So anyway, um, <clears throat> get back to uh, a couple of other things that we should mention. There's also physical ailments that may play into your situation, depending on who you are. We're going to cover trench foot. Well, that's one thing. Yeah. Ooh. Um, <laughs> you know, there's Renaud's uh, syndrome, which is where your extremities get really cold, and you just yep. can't really help that. Um, so if you have certain physical ailments, and uh, you're not sure about. Going out in the cold, I would suggest you go see your health provider and talk to them about what you know what their suggestions may be. You know, some people have 
you know, various different health issues that are going to play into this being, being warm outside. And so maybe, you know, indoor cycling might be for you. And that's, and that's that's okay. Yeah. I'm probably going to be putting on the miles this year. Yeah. We'll find out January 9th. Oh yeah, that's right. You signed up for Leadville. Lottery. Yeah. Did you know they also opened up the uh, Unbound Gravel Lottery the same day? Oh, did they? I didn't know that. I didn't so know that. So it must be a lifetime thing because they own both. Of Classic events. lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> Just open it up all at the same time. Well, we the, the side prediction we have is Leadville is going to be crazy this year to get into because we think of the whole Grand Prix business. Mm. So we're, we're, we're thinking all that's going to tie into each other. So uh, lifetime Grand Prix, the part, the part of that's Leadville? No, but we think it plays into it. I think more people are finding out about Leadville via Lifetime Fitness uh-huh. and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. So one of the big things, <clears throat> you know, since we're humans and we when we exert ourselves, we sweat, is you have to learn how to manage your heat. Yes. So one of the things I tell, I've told people all through the years is you don't want to go out to start your bike ride and feel nice, warm and toasty. Cause then you're in trouble already. You're in trouble before you even start riding. The you, phrase we had at Arctic survival school was you want to start lightly chilled. Yep. Like a nice bottle of wine. <laughs> you want to be a nice little bottle of wine. Yeah. That's not a bad, not a bad analogy, but yeah, you definitely don't want to be comfortable when you start because you'll be uncomfortable very quickly if you do, because once you start sweating, you, your 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 uh, layers are going to get full of sweat, and then when that starts to deal with ambient temperature, then it's going to start sucking heat right out of you. It doesn't take long to get freezing at that point. So, um, most of the people that think about dressing for cold think about dressing for sedentary activities. They don't think about active activities. So when you think about bundling up to go outside, you're thinking, you know, I'm going to go sit in a football stadium or yeah. in a deer stand or whatever it is you do outdoors in wintertime. That's not how you want to dress for, you know, high high uh, physical activity because that that's going to get you cold real fast. So definitely don't overdress. That's number one. And uh, <clears throat> when we're thinking about riding a bicycle, it also comes into play – uh, as well is you start to have to manage um how would i put this you start to have to manage the air how how the air hits you right so you're moving through the air at 12 miles an hour let's say yeah oh you want to compensate for wind chill you want to compensate for wind chill one but you also want to compensate for uh how your clothes work so oh, you want venting yeah you want ventilation your, you want your okay. windproof stuff on the front end of you and breathable stuff on the back end of you and Correct. some clothes are made that way some aren't but you have to think about that another reason why i do not like wearing camelbacks is because right. your heat management mm-hmm. and that's it's just just a heater back there for me yep yeah and that's actually where one of the places you want to be able to have it get cool is off right. your back you know so that's uh that's something to think about as well and um a lot of cycling specific gear does account for that which is nice um, it gets to be a little expensive, but you know, there's other things you can get into that will help you out. Uh, as far as costs go, we'll get into that later. Um, but number one is your sweat is your number one en- en- enemy. Ugh, can't talk today. So, um, once you overheat, once you get your, 
your perspiration soaks your your uh, garments, and then it's game over. And that's because your perspiration becomes a conduit to conduct heat from your body to the outside yeah. air. And it just it won't stop. You know, that's how you get hyperthermic. That's how people die. It's how people get frostbite. <laughs> so it's yeah. really, really imperative that you know how to manage that part of your game plan. If you're going to go outside and spend any amount of time outdoor, outdoor cycling. So... Yeah. I'd rather see people start a ride cold and stay cold for the ride than versus start hot and end cold. Yeah. And freezing basically well, is what yeah, it is. Yeah, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the things that uh, we alluded to at the beginning of the program, if you heard the bread bag <laughs> um, hack, uh, it's what that is, is we're talking about vapor barriers. And so there are certain parts of our body that really sweat more than others. And one of the biggest problems that people have are cold feet. That's one of the places where you sweat the most, your hands and your feet. So um, this vapor barrier hack that we've both used since, I mean, maybe you have since you were a kid. If you went sledding, your mom might have done this for you. Put uh, plastic bread bags on your feet and then sent you out there. I guarantee if you're in western New York and you had Sorel boots and you had to wear them, you're probably wearing uh, Sunbeam bread bags. Wonder yep. Bread wasn't that popular where I grew up. It wasn't it? No, it was a Sunbeam <laughs> lady, a little blonde lady. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She looked like Lucille Ball. So what? Wh- why does that work? So um, I don't know how you used them, but this is how I do it. I use, uh, excuse me, I use um, Walmart sacks that we get, like the little thin plastic ones. And um, I just put my wool sock on first. It's always wool, merino wool. And then I put the sack over it, and then I stuck that in the shoe. And what that does is it keeps the wind off my feet. The plastic does because it's windproof. Mm -hmm. And it keeps my sweat from getting into the shoe, uh, which is the vapor barrier part. And I have fairly naturally uh, warm feet and hands. So I don't need to do a whole lot more than that, but you could do that and put booty covers over your shoes or use, you know, if you've got the thermal, uh, cycling shoes, use those. And that will probably, I would estimate for most people that would lower your ability to cycle from anywhere from 10 to 15 degrees colder than what you're used to riding in, right? Just doing that. And from my seat in the stands and my personal experience, that's exactly what I would do. Um, you do not want plastic on skin. This is not wrestling. We are not doing a weight cut. Yeah. You know, you, you want to keep the plastic off your skin. You want breathability mm-hmm. or exactly that. You want to wick the moisture away. And you're going to say, but guitar, Ted, uh, what happens when my socks wet? Well, your sock is going to wick up right into your uh, pants or your whatever you're wearing, your bibs or what have you. And then the second thing, if I'm doing this, is normally I'm trying to get a couple more degrees out of my boot because I run lakes, so they don't go to the nice cold temps. I just run lake 303s. Um, so I think if I do the the bread boot sack, uh, hack, um, I then duct tape the seam of where my bibs meet my boots, mm-hmm. and that helps keep the moisture out. As well, if like I have to do a over water crossing, um, yeah. that, <laughs> we've done that on fat bikes and middle right. races, and it also uh, helps manage uh, 
manage the heat evaporation out of that as well. So mm-hmm. that's, I take it one step further a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's why we talk about merino wool too, is because merino wool insulates even when it's wet. Correct. Unlike cotton, which if cotton gets wet, it doesn't insulate anymore. Like it, like wool can Well, put it yeah. that way. So that's why you really don't want to use cotton socks. It's a fabric of our life, but not right now. Not now. Yeah. Uh, So another thing you can do, too, to kind of make this work better. So if you don't care so much about the clipless pedal thing, which is the the hack we've talked about works for your clipless pedal shoes. If you don't want to, if you don't care about using clipless pedals, you can then go to uh, like a hiking boot and use flat pedals. And if you do that, then you can you can even go as far as doing the wool, the vapor barrier sack, and then putting another sock over that. So you've got even more insulation. So you don't want it to be tight, but you know, you want to, you know, keep it fairly loose. That's another thing too. If your shoes are super tight, that's bad. So the looser you can keep your footwear, the better, because then you create dead air space and dead air space is also a good way to help you stay warmer. But the, you know, using normal, like I would say normal civilian winter footwear and doing this, this hack and using flat pedals will, it'll, it's amazing. If your feet stay warm, usually that helps the rest of you stay warmer as well. So um, there's just something about that. I think psychologically there's something about that that helps. And so those, those hacks may help you get through a winter ride a lot more comfortably than you would have if you didn't know those things. Now there's one other thing that I used to do. When I did uh, fat bike races, I did about 10 years ago or so. Uh, and I learned this from another fat biker um, back then that did winter races. You take um, you take antiperspirant and put it on your feet so your feet won't sweat. And it works really, really well. Hmm. So yeah, we, that, we, It makes sense. We used to get the rollerball applicator, which was easier to... It went on thicker, too. I think that kind of okay. helped. But you get it in between your toes. That's important. So and it acted like kind of like an embro later layer. Well, it just you just didn't sweat as much. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you did all the rest of the stuff too. Anyway, but um, yeah, my feet. If I did that, it was amazing. You know, my feet stayed way warmer. I think if you, it, it kind of it depends on who you are. If you've got like really heavily callous soles and and toes because you go barefoot all the time, that might not work as well. But so, you know. What type of souls are you talking about? You're talking about feet or spiritual right. souls? <laughs> <laughs> Put the deodorant on your soul, man. <laughs> Sorry, but, everyone, for the dad joke. <laughs> but that's a good good hack to try if you have cold feet is the uh, antiperspirant. And you, like I said, the rollerball app, I don't even think they make that anymore. I don't know. I don't do the shopping for the probably antiperspirant. We get the stick gel stick. Kind probably of. comes in a Walmart, Walmart bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So feet, that's a big deal. Um, for the rest of your body, you kind of want to do, um, you don't really want to use vapor barriers so much because you want to be able to vent off your heat and sweat at different times in different ways. So, you know, you mentioned earlier about um, zip vents, pit, yeah. pit zips, things like that. Uh, if you can find gear that has that or if you can find gear that's windproof in the front and not in the back, that helps. Um, another non-cycling source for stuff like that is is gear that cross-country skiers wear. Yeah. 
which the, you know, that's super high aerobic activity. And, uh, their, their whole game plan is to vent off heat. So yeah. I, I would not, I know the runners are getting deeper and deeper. I shouldn't say deeper, but lower and lower in temps. Um, I would think the cross country skiers would be a better fit for cyclists based yeah. upon the arm reach and not so much with, uh, running apparel, mm-hmm. but again, use what you can right. use, use what's economical for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not judgment. The mere right. fact you're getting out there in a colder temp. Yeah. yeah you know. you're, you're winning already yeah. <laughs> and you're going to burn more calories. Right. Yeah. And that's a good point. You don't have to be out as long. Yep. Uh, to get a, get, you know, the calorie burn that you would if you were indoors trying to cycle and do the same thing. So going back to Arctic school there, which I'll probably reference 20 more times on this podcast, um, your body will burn 4,000 to 6,500 calories a day in an Arctic environment just to stay, just, just to keep alive. Not with all your moving and grooving and all that. None of that. Not cross country skiing. None. Just to stay alive, your body's going to ramp up that much. Right. That's just yep. for you to sit around all day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that's why it's great to get outside in cold weather. Help you keep help you keep that weight off, you know. Oh yeah. We're coming up on that season where, you know, the cookies are sitting around and the candy's yeah. sitting around and it's kinda hard to stay out of it. I didn't put the checks mix out. I made checks mix last week. You did? Yeah. I'll give you some Ooh. after this. Oh, I don't gee. think the listeners want to listen to this. Yeah, they don't want to hear me crunching crunch. and spewing stuff all over the microphone. <laughs> That's probably wise. It's not a good batch. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not one of my good ones. I usually use Slap Your Mama Yeah. to spice it up a little bit, and I didn't do it this time. Uh, I got to talk to you after this. No one wants to hear any of this. <laughs> all right. So um, when it comes to your body, I'll just tell you, you know, we'll just well, let's, let's just share what we do. I know when I go out, I put a base layer on just the same base layer I would use in the summertime. And then I usually go with, uh, if it's really cold, I'll go with a thin wool base layer over that or a wool t-shirt even. I got some of those old 45 North t-shirts yeah. that I use, uh, merino wool t-shirts. Mine finally died. Yeah. Those things were bulletproof yeah they were pretty nice so something like that and then i would put on a long sleeve wool jersey and then i would use uh, i like soft shell winter jackets i'm a huge fan of soft shell because they breathe better yeah um i just really like those better and then i of course would wear my thermal bibs and another i you know, another thing too is if you're going to be cycling outside your legs are moving, and there's those are big muscles, and they're doing a lot of work. And typically, you don't need to wear as much uh, stuff on your legs as you do your upper body, which isn't really doing a whole lot, you know, especially your arms and your hands yeah. and things. So um, that's that's one reason why I would layer more for the upper body and not so much for the lower. You know, a good pair of thermal bibs are expensive, but they're worth it. You know, and if it's super cold, I might put on a real thin merino wool long john, but may, probably not. I usually don't. So, yeah. but some people might want to do that. What do you do? Um, I ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he usually wears sandals all winter long. So just take this as a. <laughs> yeah, I wear sandals and running shorts all year long. Don't care. 
And if it's a blizzard, I might put wool socks on my feet as I walk down to the store. It's very rare you don't see near rolls knees. <laughs> yeah. Um, so take everything I say with a guy who tolerates and loves the cold. Um, first things first is one of the things I learned is if I know I'm going for a morning ride or even a late morning ride or early afternoon ride, I won't shower in the morning. And hear me out. I'm a stinky guy. Don't get me wrong, but um, uh, the reason why is your natural oils that you secrete offers a barrier, and so that alone puts you on the right direction. So, guys, don't shave in the morning if you're going to go out for a race. Just just skip the shaving routine. Just keep those oils on you, and that, that will help out a little bit. Uh, Duluth Dave, who lives in Duluth, who used to live here, got me turned on to... Um, warm skin which is something the cross-country skiers use and it's not an embryo layer but it's along those lines and i'll do all my exposed skin and this is for anything that's under i usually start doing it around 15 degrees or less so i'll start there anything i know that's going to be exposed my ears anything um i'll do that um if i'm riding by myself i'll wear a scully or a beanie and I'll skip the helmet, but I'm also going to be prudent about my route choice. I'm not going to go railing single right. track. Um, if I'm riding with other people, I got that extra large, well, I got that large XL pock in back so I can pop it on. Um, I just feel like those straps have the possibility of conducting cold into my skin and giving me frostbite. It's no science behind it, complete bullshit, but my brain tells me otherwise, and I just can't override it, so I'm sorry. But much like you, I, I put merino wool on, and then I got some twin six thermal jackets that are different thicknesses. Um, by accident, did not study it at all. I just happened to fall into it, and I usually rock those. And um, lately, I've been rocking them. Uh, what did Morgan buy me for Christmas? It's a smart wool, long sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I've been rocking that with the thermal. And then uh, anytime it's above 30 degrees, I'm rocking short bibs. And then the one thing I've added on um, lately over the years has been I'll run compression socks regardless. I mm-hmm. want to promote that blood flow. Mm-hmm. So I'm rocking compression shock socks um, probably 35 degrees or less. Yeah. Yeah. And then... um. The exposed skin, and then um, if I'm running running bib shorts, I don't care about the exposed skins. I'm got hairy legs. Um, some say bear like, some say moose like. <laughs> um, and then probably all the way down to 15 degrees, I'll be rock, rocking um twin six uh, they're knicker knicker they're knicker bibs. Yeah, three quarter length. Three quarters. Yep. Yep. Um. And that's what I'll do. Uh, so really not too much different, but on the hands, I'll wear the uh, hands-up winter gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like those too. Yep. Hey, I'm right here. Yep. They, they got a good front again. Yep. Blocks the wind up front and vents in the palm, mm-hmm. which is big. Uh, I imagine you're going to equipment choices, so I won't talk about handlebars and grips yet. Yep. And um, so just doing that alone and then riding, I tried not to – Fist. Well, I not, try not to grab the handlebar. I try to ride fisted. 
So I'll mm-hmm. have my palms up on the fifths and keep a closed fist whenever I can. And that way I can try to keep a heat source in my hand. Yeah. And those little tr- tricks help me dress yeah. less mm-hmm. or have less on. Mm-hmm. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You talked a little bit about headgear and I didn't really cover that. <clears throat> I think one of the things I came across last year uh, as the as we were looking at coming out of this pandemic, um, we had all those little surgical mask things, you know, everybody had to have that went around your ears. And one of the, I, I really have struggled mightily with wind chill, with high winds, and, or really, really like sub-zero stuff because I don't like having anything over my face. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. And so... But I did come across this system, and it worked for me. So if you're like me, you don't like anything on your face, uh, it drives you crazy, this might work for you because it worked for me. So I put on one of those uh, pandemic masks, for lack of a better term, the, the cheesy surgical yeah. mask, and I put that on first, and then I put a buff up over it. Okay. And the combination of those two things, I was fine. I was perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I'm kind of anti-buff um, for a couple of reasons. Um, it depends on the type of riding you're doing. If you're going to go outside and you're going to stay outside, go for it. But if you're going to go bar hopping, I'm against it because you're just going to promote moisture in and out. Your skin's going to dry out, moisten up, dry out. Yeah. And then you're going to, um, promote, um, I forgot what it's called. If you're a little kid and you got the little, the little skin slivers going up your lips. Yeah. Because you would that's how you got it. It was from the snot running down right. and drying your upper right. lip off. But you know, yeah. us two bearded guys, we kind of avoid that now. <laughs> We've got natural protection. Yeah. So I, I just uh thought you know, the the surgical mask thing has got kind of they always a lot of them have kind of a wire or you know, a yep. stiffer part that goes over your nose. And that kind of helped drape the the buff so it stayed off my mouth. You know, there was that dead air space in there, and I didn't feel like someone had their hand over my mouth. And uh, that may be just me, you know. But uh, when I, and I was, this was like, I think it was last January. It was like, I don't know, eight below zero or something. I was out fat biking, and it worked great. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's awesome. And, you know, a lot of us have those sitting around yet because we didn't use them all up. And a lot of us have buffs because of that same reason. So um, those things are great. I like a buff around my neck just because... If you've never tried that, put one on around your neck yeah. and then zip up your 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 uh, jacket collar all the way up, and it'll make a huge difference in how warm you yeah, stay. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a good thing to cover yeah. up. Yeah, I, I it just it just sounds dumb, but it really works. It it makes a huge difference well, in how a, your torso stays warm. It's a des- well, it's it's an extremity. Yeah, and um. A lot of blood going through there. But there's you know? nothing really that covers it up. Right. And if you cover it up, man, it, it makes a world of difference. And so yeah. then on my head, I, I usually don't put a lot on my head because I stay pretty warm up there. You yeah. know, uh, this the wind chill, the wind burn that I'm, you know, more concerned with. So I might wear like a real thin um, uh, polar fleece cap and in the ex- in extreme cold and that and that's about it you know yeah and the hood of my jacket like that scully i got it's a smart yeah. wool merino wool right and it's thin yeah. now if you gotta wear a helmet um then 
you can tape your vents off. Just use your normal summer helmet and tape your vents or off. Or you can go economical. I've seen people do it, use a Walmart bag. Yeah. Like, the only thing I would uh, think about doing there is let, letting the back vents be free. So yeah. you can at least get some of the heat off your head because if you get too hot and so sweat starts running down your face it gets to be kind of a problem i've seen other people use uh the rain covers yeah so if you got the a rain covers yep rain, yep mm-hmm. so i mean there was some ideas well, if you if you suffer from cold on the head and you you really got to do something to keep your head warm those are good ideas or if you got money buy one of those fancy laser helmets i think it's laser yeah right? they make they actually make uh cold, like, helmet. cold yeah winter helmets for uh snowboarders too which you could get I mean, they're way expensive, but, yep. you know, hey. And they're goggles, too, that don't fog up. So Yeah, that's a whole separate conversation. You're right. I usually don't go that far. I mean, I'll wear some eyewear, and that's about it. That's all I really need to do. Um, so that's for the head. Um, let's talk about the hands. You talked a little bit about the hands. So if you wear a vapor barrier on your feet, why don't you wear a vapor barrier on your hands? Your feet aren't working as much, right. and, and tactically and and um, wiggly, wiggly. I can't. Oh, I can't. My brain is shot. I'm sorry, everyone. I got back from Canada last night, and I have very little sleep. So I am. I am going to apologize for all the jokes. <laughs> I I eat the wiggly, wiggly. <laughs> Your digits. Yeah, but you know, I can't, let's just move on. <laughs> Being able to move your fingers. Again, let's move on. I, I, the word is just hung right your there. tackle. Yeah, but the. This is almost like, uh, what's that one this game This is really play? bad podcast material right now. <laughs> What's that game you play when you're... Hangman? Yeah. I'm trying to, like, guess yeah. the letters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> charades. Yeah, charades. That's it. That's it. So, um, yeah, I, you, my hands are typically fairly warm. But, you know, I think the number one thing with cyclists that if you haven't heard of these, um, you really need to look into them as pogies of any sort. I, w- I left that out when... Yeah. I asked about handlebars. I, yep. Yeah. I mean, it's just keeping the wind off your hands. A lot of times, you know, well, those bar mitts were one of the early ones. Yep. I wouldn't even wear gloves. Yeah. Your thin jersey yep. glove underneath, you know, if you had to take your hand out and do anything, yep. you know. And then quick. I think Scott Sumter still sells them on Bike Iowa, the Pogi Lights. Yep. He just, uh, actually, here's the story on that. So Pogi Lights were, uh, uh, they're pogies. They're things that go in your handlebars yeah. that you stick your hands in, but they're more uh, of an unconsolidated, loose fit kind of thing. They don't have a shape. It's right? meant more to be for more than one application. Right. So they're they're like I would say they're they could be four season pogies for a lot of people. Um, you know, you use them when it rains. You use them when it's cold at night. You yeah. use them, you know, and they stuff in your jersey pocket, and they're really easy to put on and off the bike. So they're they not like up. your typical shaped pogies that have a form that you have to bolt on, like a forty-five north like, one or what, or a revelate one. If you're bike packing, they roll up to be about size of a billfold. Right. So pogie lights uh, were that were an idea that was uh, 
concocted by Scott Sumter and uh, made by he, he and his uh, lady friend, Jess. And uh, she sold them, and he uh, came up with the idea and marketed them. And uh, between the two, they did this for, I don't know, the last five years, probably. Yeah, They've I'd been making so. them themselves. And the demand on those has gotten so great that they decided that uh, they'd like to have a life and not just sit around and cut fabric and sew. And so they came up with a design, a redesign of it that they're showing to people who actually have businesses that sew and put things together. And if it looks like they may go back into production uh, real soon here. So that was the last I saw about those. Okay. Yeah. I know. I haven't looked into it for. Yeah, they're two trying or three to years. keep it. They're trying to keep it all USA made and sourced and everything like they have been in the past. But man, if they could get those going again, those are fantastic products. I have a set myself and just really like them a lot. But pogies, something that go over your handlebars. Um, there's different companies that make them. We've already mentioned several. I'll put some sh- uh, links in the show notes for different pogie companies. Uh, but you can look at those and and again that that does so much good in keeping your hands warm. But if you can't afford those, uh, there's several different kinds of gloves. I would suggest that the kind that group fingers together uh, would be better. You know, they're kind oh, of... Oh, the lobsters? Yeah, they're almost like a mitten, but they're not. You know, you can still yeah. have some uh, mobility for some of the fingers to run shifters and brakes and things like that. Uh, another thing you can do is to get some merino wool glove liners, <clears throat> which a lot of bike shops sell. Yep. And a wigwam makes them they're pretty cheap. Yep. And uh, you can use those inside another lobster glove or whatever. And, uh, you know, you get that layering effect going on. And uh, that's a really good way to do it. Um, if, you, if you have an area where you live that has a lot of hunters, go to wherever they get their gloves. Usually that stuff's cheaper yeah. than cycling stuff for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, they need to keep their hands warm, too, or snowmobilers or motorcyclists or yeah. maybe you do those things anyway. But use those for your cycling. Yeah. And going so. back to the deer skin, that's really where the Army used right. it was on the uh, palms mm-hmm. on the underside. And it, I, I just look at it as like it's just a good yeah. – there's someone in the cycling community would pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. For it's that not reason. very vegan, though. <laughs> You're talking to a guy who's got half a cow in his freezer in the back room. I know, but you got to say these things these days. So you have to think about it. Maybe deer skin isn't for them. Maybe it's not. Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe. Well, then you think about using a Walmart sack. I mean, how not right for the planet is you're that? You're repurposing. Yeah, you're repurposing. So there you go. So, uh, yeah, that's what, there's some ideas for your hands, but typically you don't want to use a vapor barrier on your hand. I suppose you could. I mean, you I, probably you probably could do something with, uh, like, those uh, nitro gloves. I'm thinking you but. could probably, if you were in a pinch, you could use a bread bag, cut a hole in the side, put that over the bar, and then yeah, in a pinch you could bread bag it. Right. And do a pogey. Yeah. If you like, I got to ride 10 miles. Yeah. I got to get home or I got to get to where I'm going. Yep. I I would say cut a slit in the side of the bread bag, stick that over the handlebar group, and then. Or maybe even a Ziploc freezer bag, you know? Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, generic plastic. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a hack for you. Potato chips. Potato chips. 
potato chip bag. Why not? Oh, potato chip bag. I was oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm focused on the food. Definitely. If you're going to do this, do not use Cheetos. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll have orange fingers and you may become called Cheeto like my son who got that nickname in football. Did you know that? Yeah, you told my story <laughs> once. Yep. So you don't want to do that. Anyway. Um, all right, moving on. So we mentioned a little bit about the equipment choices. So let's go there. And I've already kind of touched on flat pedals. Mm-hmm. But if you use flat pedals, I would advocate that you don't buy aluminum ones and you do buy plastic ones. But wait, plastic ones suck. Um, no, not always. And they really are great for cold weather because they don't become heat sinks. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) He's gasping over here. So, yeah, if you use aluminum pedals and um, you ride for any length of time, that big chunk of aluminum starts getting really cold and starts drawing heat off your shoe. And I would also avoid the metal spikies. Yep. And um, I like to use... um, fixation pedals yeah and they make a mesa mp which does have little tiny metal studs which doesn't seem to bother me they make a sub-zero one that's a little bit better with the bearings if you like a nicer pedal but i've just used their standard mesa mp for probably a decade you know on different bikes and just works really good and keeps helps keep my feet warm so that's that's one big thing and i noticed the difference if i ride a bike that has aluminum pedals and you can feel your feet are yeah. colder. And I would say if you're a g- person who's riding, you know, clip-ins, um, reevaluate the sole of the boot. Yep. Um, you may want to look at a company like 45 North, either Dr. Scholl's, find something that's a cold weather insert mm-hmm. and, and replace that. And I would replace probably every two to three years. Um, yep. Mileage may vary. Um, use may vary. But regardless of the boot, what you need to do post-ride is pull the soles out and probably tip the boots up and ideally on a 45 or better angle so you can wick all the moisture out of the boot. Mm -hmm. Um, And if people have read newspapers, they could stuff newspapers in them. (laughs) But they don't do that anymore. Well, that is is a hack that works well. Um, It helps with the wicking of the moisture. Uh, so you led off to it. So you kind of want to tuck that down into the toe of the shoe. You don't want to ball it up. You kind of want to make it like it's a crumpled. Can- yeah. Yeah. Like a candle wick. Cause you want to do exactly that. You want to wick the moisture out. Mm-hmm. So you want to get paper contact onto the boot and then that'll get wet. And then the airflow outside the boot will fly by and then right. pull the moisture. And don't put them over your heat register. That'll ruin everything. Yeah. And then they get stinky too. Yep. That's not a good idea. Yep, yep. And especially if you have radiator heat. Like it's really hot. Um, like I do. There's nothing like walking into a room with a nice fresh boot scent. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. What do you think, Ella? <laughs> Ella doesn't think that's a good idea. Ella's either. behaving today. Yeah. She was snoring earlier. Yeah. She's not doing good these Ella's days. Ella's a dog. So um, yeah, so I would say two for footwear, if you can afford it, um, it's better not to use your summer cycling shoes with booties over them because that's still, it's like a band aid yeah. solution. So if you can, 
Uh, if you have to have clip-in shoes uh, for your winter cycling, you just can't fathom cycling without it. I get it. Okay, fine. But spend the money and get some 45 North Ragnaroks or North Wave winter boots or Physique winter boots or whatever brands suit you. And you're going to spend two to 300 bucks, but yep. they'll last you for years if you take care of them. And uh, they will have a system in mind to keep the cleat from sucking heat from the bottom of your foot. Yep. And you won't have to deal with stupid booties. There's those things are horrible. Even with those, I still advocate evaluating the insole. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's super important then. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So there you go. Um, now for your hands, I would, if you can afford it, um, well, number one, if you're riding a flat bar bike or even a drop bar bike, I would switch my grips to cork. Cork okay. makes a huge difference. It in, does. In, That's why uh, a lot of fishing poles are cork. Right. It really keeps your hands warmer. So if you have flat bar, uh, you can get cork grips. You, they actually make ergonomic cork grips. Uh, Ergon makes them. They're called yeah. BioCork. I've used those in the wintertime. They're fantastic. Uh, round cork grips, fantastic. Um so they'll really do a, a lot more for you as far as keeping heat in your hands. Um, drop bars, they make cork tape or synthetic cork tape. Any of that works yeah, really I, good. I, I would stay away from the rubbery stuff. Anything that's kind of rubbery and stretchy, uh, that tends to get colder, especially on metal bars. So um, another thing that you can do is to double wrap your bars, um, get some uh, old school cloth tape and wrap the bars first and then put your cork tape over it. And that does a great job in keeping your hands warmer too. Yeah. Even the trick of running electrical tape backwards. So you're, um, I didn't know so electrical you, tape had a direction. What do you mean backwards? All right. So this is a hack I learned because <laughs> I really, really sucked at wrapping bars for a hot minute. You know, and the more times you do it, the better off mm -hmm. you get at it. So I watched something where it said put the electrical tape on backwards so the sticky side was facing out. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yep. So even doing it that way, you're providing a barrier to the metal to, I like to run leather. Yeah, leather tape's good, yeah. I like to run leather, regardless of temperature, whatever I'm doing, I like to run leather um, for bar tape. So even putting that electrical tape on there, because um, I do it backwards, so as you're stretching, it won't give back as fast. Mm -hmm. So you can keep that tape nice and taut longer Right. as you're wrapping. You don't have to be as precise, and it helps hold it in place, and yada, yada. There's just some benefits to it. So, so what kind of leather tape do you use? I like Brooks. Yeah, Brooks is good. Brooks, I've had some physique. I got some super cas back there right now. They make leather tape? It's not leather per se, Right, pleather. Um, it was on sale. Uh, see. It's one of those flash sales. Watch you saving money. Um, yeah, Brooks is good. I know uh, for a while there, Salsa made some leather tape I had, and that worked really good too. But yeah, I mean, whether I, I know there's such smaller companies that have it. I think Velo Orange has got it, and yeah, that kind of thing. But if we're talking about bars, if you can afford it, right. I would suggest, and you think you're going to be outside riding a lot in the cold, I would suggest going to a carbon bar. Right. Highly suggest it. It's, that's, to me, that's the number one reason to have a carbon bar is riding in cold weather. It's, it's night and day difference. Yep. 
you can do all our little tricks and you're still rocking an aluminum bar. You're the shitty part is you still have a heat sink under you. Right. That's what you're battling against. Yep. And carbon's a really poor conductor of heat. So it'll it'll hold it actually if you hold your cork grip on a carbon bar long enough like i know in my fat bike races i could take my gloves off yeah and my hands would stay warm just because the carbon would you know keep the heat right there wouldn't conduct it away and you know radiate it into the atmosphere so um yeah carbon's killer for the winter Another Biden. tip is if you have metal uh, brake levers, just wrap some electrical tape around them. Or um, gaffer tape. Yep. Gaffer tape super cheap. It's super versatile and um, does a wonderful job of insulating your your little fingertips from the brake levers. Yep. Yep. So, and it's sticky. It sticks right on there really good. And you get it in different colors. Super cheap. I got a big roll of it for like, I don't know three bucks or four bucks, a huge roll of it. And I'll probably never use it all, but um, it's super, super versatile stuff. So yeah, look into that gaffer tape, G-A-F-F-E-R. I'll try to find some and put it in the link in the show notes. Probably find it on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worthwhile. So I don't know. Is there anything else we haven't thought of? We've talked a little bit about gear. We've talked about natural oils. Talked about not shaving. Um, another thing that, um, I wanted to cover too, is if you are thinking about doing multi-hour outdoor winter riding, and that, that's something you're looking at doing and you haven't really done it before. Another hack, another thing that you might want to think about doing is getting a nice seat pack or a frame bag or something and carrying an extra pair of socks and extra, extra base layer you know just some extra clothes that you can get in somewhere and swap the things out yeah. swap the wet stuff out put dry stuff on and keep going yep i know that's one thing i did in the fat bike race that i did we could we were allowed to have a drop bag at the halfway point yeah and i put on new socks new base layer and uh man it made you feel like a million bucks like you were just starting over again you know yeah. And it was a lot easier to stay warm. Yeah. And that's a big thing, too. Just a change in, you know, it's going back to Jimmy Buffett. Changing attitude, changing latitudes. <laughs> you, know, you get it? Set it backwards, huh? Yeah, hey. But anyways, um, yeah, no, just changing it, just even changing your socks at a yep. halfway point is yep. is huge. Um, yeah. Or if you get in trouble, you know. That's, that's different, not a bad plan. Another pair of gloves in there. I've done that, too. Different I mean, pair of gloves. Because my hands will sweat and my gloves will get it wet. And as long as you're not changing out your healing crystals, you're fine. <laughs> Come on, now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you, you can even put in, um, you know, food, extra food, uh, yeah. water. Case, you know, well, that's another thing we wanted to talk about, too, is how do you keep your water from freezing? I got a couple methods. What do you do? Um, the one year I taped uh, the heat pads or the heat. <coughs> oh, golly, geez. It was at the gents race, and it was just below freezing at yeah. the start, and it was supposed to climb above freezing. So I attached these um, those hand warmer packets. Those hand warmer packets. I taped them onto my water bottle and did a good job. Uh, I only needed to last like yeah. two hours before the temp was up, you know, so it wasn't. A big deal. Um, another thing is run uh, electrolytes. Yeah. So that lowers the freezing point. Um, but 
the one thing I will do is I won't put anything in my bottle cages. I'll run it all on my back. Yeah. Going back to leaving my back, do the work, mm-hmm. keep her, keep it hot. And then you got a cold sink on your back. And if you're someone like me, who's just a hot mess to begin with, it works out well. Cause I get a two for one. I get to keep my bottle saw mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more work on my part. Um, <coughs> some people like to do the shot of whiskey or shot of vodka in their water bottle. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that. I think it's an old wives tale type of thing. Maybe it does work. There's is science behind it, but I just think the ratio is way off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, eh. I'll, I'll address that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but those are the things I'll do. Like, I'll, I'll run electrolytes to lower the freezing point, right. and then I'll run them on my back. Right. That's, pr- that's my primary means. Yep. So when I did my fat bike races, I used, uh, instead of using traditional water bottles, I used, and I tried like polar water bottles, insulated water bottles, and that didn't really help much. Yeah, I gave up on all those. Um, but I used, I, I switched the last year I did it, I switched to uh, stainless steel double wall flasks. Okay. And yeah. that worked. Yeah, it makes sense. And it made, made a big difference. Uh, weight, yeah, they're way more, but uh, my I had water, you know. And I and I know a lot of guys would use a camelback and run a extra long hose through their sleeve so the, the valve was right by their palm of their I hand. I did that. Not a fan. Yeah, I mean. Not it, for me. You can do that. I mean, if you want to try that, that's a, that's a viable. I mean. It's viable. It's viable. There's nothing wrong with that if you can get along with it. It just didn't appeal to me. And especially because you have to wear a camel back under your coat. <laughs> so, um, and I didn't want to do that either. So that's another thing. Um, talking about the alcohol in the water. So what I did was I, you know, from my history lessons, I learned that the Romans used to use red wine and they'd mix it half and half with water to kill the microbes in it. So they wouldn't get the craps and they would be able to conquer the barbarians and move across Europe. So that's how they were able to drink the water. Um, so, uh, the the side, other side benefit of that is it lowers the freezing point of the water. So I would take, I would always go to this fat bike race and I would buy a, um, a nice big bottle of red, cheap red wine. And I'd mix my water half and half with, with red wine and it was never froze. Channeling your inner Caesar. Yeah. It's <laughs> full of dad jokes. Yeah. Today. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, alcohol is a diuretic and may not work for everybody, but that uh, seemed to work for me. So what works for that's you may not work for some, right? That's what I did. But yeah, I mean, you can use maybe a little heavier dose of the electrolyte than what you're used to. And in the summer yep. and that, that will help as well so and the other thing with winter riding is you got to increase your calorie intake and i'm a horrible person to say that and i know my friend mike maney saying dave you don't you don't do calories on the bike i've never seen you you just go to a burger joint and ask what yeah. the biggest burger is and get five <laughs> you know but he ain't wrong right um but i i'm very disciplined i shouldn't well i'm way more disciplined in the winter when it comes to uh, cal- to caloric intake, right. and you, you got to bump that up. Um, the <laughs> worst time to bonk is in the cold. Right. I don't care who you are. You're. It, it's not a good time. No. No, that's dangerous too. So I would say anything over thirty minutes, mm-hmm. start bumping up your caloric intake. Mm-hmm. But then again, you may have people that are out there riding in forty degrees, and it's yeah. cold weather to them. 
Yeah, it depends uh, on what what's cold for you. Oh, make, we, make sure your yeah. bike's in good condition. Yeah, I was going to address lube. Um, I'm a fan of SCC Slick or Wolf Tube Lube. It's the same. It's one and yep. the same. I, I find it to be a really, really good all year around lubricant. Yep. Um, I would investigate whatever lubricant you're running. Um, make sure it can handle cold weather. And you're right. like, but Dave, well, there's some that are meant to do some things and others are meant to do others. Yep. Um, I kind of don't like the wax based lubricants in the cold weather. And of course I'm talking like, I, I find that things get weird with metal properties below 15 degrees and below. That's when I notice things really get weird or yeah. things start changing. Things yep. start reacting slightly different. So I, I would advocate that you would need to do that. I definitely look into your sealant. Um, I think, uh, the pink stuff, muck off, muck off is good till negative 10. I think orange seal is too. I think orange seal goes to their sub zero goes yep. to negative 15 yep. and, or negative 20. And, um, someone else stands goes to negative 10. I think, I think your generic, um, sealant goes mm-hmm. to negative 10. I think on, on average, um, but WTB, we've talked about that. Yeah, they stops don't. around ten degrees. Yeah, ab- ten or fifteen above. Yeah. We're, we're talking Fahrenheit here, kids. Um, I just came back from Canada. I remember they have a metric system there. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Um, but yeah, that that's something else you got to think about. And also, yeah. you didn't cover it, but soon as you get below freezing. I would tell you to stick your bike outside about oh, yeah. 30 Air minutes pressure, before. Yeah. Yep, 30 minutes before. So everything kind of sets in. Everything kind of acclimates. It's not going to be a, a, a great acclimation, right. but you will get a better feel for where your, where your air pressure is. Your air pressure really doesn't change that much. It's more of the uh, durometer of the rubber. That, that property is what's changing. Your, yeah. your air, it takes a lot of temperature swing for your air volume to really change. It's really it's really your rubber on your tires changing. Well, yeah. Uh, I would say it makes a big difference, big, a lot bigger difference if you're running a fat bike. Because there's way more air. There, yeah, the volume's so, there. Yeah, but you know what I mean. With your it's, narrower it's, gravel tires, it's not that, that huge of a deal. But it does make a difference. I mean, um, and you definitely want to, because 40 PSI in your garage isn't going to be 40 PSI when it's 25 degrees out. Correct. So Bontrager used to have a chart on their site that helped you out with that. I don't know if they still do or not. I don't trust science. Science. <laughs> have, you, have you been blinded by it? <laughs> Great. I'm the one supposed to be doing the corny jokes. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's something you want to think about too. And then uh, the final before we get off the air here today is um, fenders. Use your fenders, people, because the wet stuff on you is not good in the wintertime yeah. or when it's cold. So if it's rainy, uh, slushy, or if you have water crossings where you ride and it's, you know, getting below, even below 50 degrees, I would say fenders are your friend, especially in the wintertime. Keep that stuff off. You keep it off your drivetrain. Your bike lasts longer, and you will be a happier rider. And I so. would kind of piggyback off that is 
It is more important if you're in the northern climate, you know, mm-hmm. north of the Missouri border. I'll draw a line there. <laughs> um, it's way more important for you to wipe your bike down post-ride to right. get the salt off. Or whatever that is. Correct. Yeah, the Man sodium chloride. bromide or wherever the heck yeah. it is. Um, I and chemical stew they put on our roads. Yeah, I, I'm just here to say it, it's way more important. This that stuff time of kills year. metal. Yeah, it's very important. You clean your bike off well. Yeah, I would say, you know, if you're in a big hurry and you just the thought of having to meticulously clean your bike off after every ride in the wintertime really turns you off. Get a can of WD-40 and just hose everything down. That, that'll do wonders, you know. I, I advocate you probably, ideally, you wipe your bike down within 24 hours yep. of your ride ending. Yep. And um, I would just, yeah, I I don't think you have to clean it. I think you just need to wipe it down. Right, get this stuff off. With, get, yeah. get a wet cloth and mm-hmm. get after it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to get finite? No, but I would focus on the chain. Yeah. I would focus on the cassette. I'd focus rotors. on your drivetrain. Yeah, yeah, rotors. You always get some good and rotor then, um, cleaner for that. On the weekend, we get a little bit of time, crack a beer, and then give yep. her a good cleaning. Yep. But Maybe you know, four d- beers. It's definitely worth it to get outside and ride. Yeah. You know, there's way more benefits to riding outside, you know, mentally, physically. Um, it's just a lot lot more fun and, yep. and a lot more advantageous for you for next season, which we're all trying to get ready for. Are we? Well, we should be. Yeah, we are. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up with that. We didn't cover everything, you know, like we said. Uh, this was just a kind of a overview, flyover of some of the ideas that you can use for your cold weather riding. And uh, obviously there's a ton more. If you've got some good suggestions, some good hacks for us, hit us up at g.ted.productions. Um, at gmail.com let us know and we'll talk about them in our next podcast until then uh thanks bike rags for sponsoring this and we'll see you next time folks over and out <laughs>